Well, well, Ken, it seems somewhat fitting that uh, Stunt Granny Presents OPA number 53 happens to be about Sharknado 3. That's right. We uh, are repeating what we did last year. Uh, was that last year? Yeah, It well, I think it was actually a little bit less than a calendar year in between these movies. Yeah, well, so they really uh, take their time to craft and hone these before they... Uh, <laughs> release them to the public uh oh yes these are uh (laughs) well actually i was thinking that all of the uh parts that involved uh, the introduction actually involved much better uh graphics and whatnot than in the past but they are keeping the low budget quality of the actual film in place, like I really loved the uh, animation for the introduction with the, uh, uh, oh yeah, just all the cast and whatnot. I don't know. I'm going to disagree with you here and just say <laughs> oh, that the, you are? Uh, yeah, the the special effects are pretty much par for the the series. I would say. Uh, I mean, we've seen a few different things. Like, uh, I, I mean, I enjoyed the uh, Sharknado James Bond uh, just to. Start, uh, start things off. Yeah, we didn't. We didn't. That was up at the top there. I wonder if they had to get permission from like the James Bond estate or or whoever James Bond estate. <laughs> uh, wait, that's another Ian, right? Uh, uh, Ian Fleming. Ian Fleming. Yes, just a tie. Well, there's a there's a tie-in. I wonder if that was on anyone's minds. <laughs> anyway, probably just mine. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I would say so. Yeah, um, this one. Did not really waste a lot of time to kind of get the action going. Uh, yeah, I felt like this one was a little bit of a fast starter. At, uh, at this point, you know, it opens up and our our hero, Finn, is basically the uh, Jack Bauer of sharks. Uh, he, <laughs> yes, he is now the Jack Bauer of sharks, which is uh, outstanding. Uh, I, I hope they start putting a clock at the bottom of the show oh. <laughs> to count down how much time is left. I don't know if they'll go quite that far. I mean, they may be trying to say more of a James Bond, but really, I don't know. Like, is that just to avoid the 24... Well, Uh, James Bond would not accept a medal uh, of that kind of nature. Like, he's too secretive to uh, come out in the public, even though he's out in the public all the goddamn time. Right. Well, he is um, also a British secret agent, so I don't think he would um, be receiving a medal from the American president. Well, um, just you're you're just getting picky here, sir. Well, it, it would be from the English government. But why that. would they do that in D.C.? That's right. Checkmate. Okay. Checkmate. <laughs> uh, I'm just giving up because it's the better course of action. So they are in D.C. I don't know if we mentioned that. Um... And there's some surprises in terms of uh, who's in the uh, White House. Uh, well, they were surprises to you, not surprises to yours truly. Uh, I was aware that Mark Cuban was going to be the president and Ann Coulter was going to be the VP. Yeah, that was really uh, kind of jarring for me. But um, <laughs> yeah, it, uh, Mark Cuban looked like he was really having a lot of fun with his... Uh, his uh, role here. Uh, yes, his uh, smile when he t- accurately tossed a grenade into a shark's mouth was uh, another highlight for me. Uh, it was uh, pretty funny and pretty douchey and exactly what it should have been for this kind of a movie. Wow, that could be like uh, the box quote for the DVD. Do you think that uh, Shark Data... I think they should approach you and just make, get your permission first, but... Well, they or you sell can... these things on DVD? <laughs> I mean, I think sci-fi oh. runs these enough that you don't really need to buy it on DVD. And if you do, that's like a, a wrestling fan buying a pay-per-view still. Well, you it just, just uh, makes no damn sense. You just checkmated me, sir. What can I say? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, also, for some reason, um, you might say that uh, this movie uh, handed us our sign early that this was going to be a Sharknado movie. Uh, well, that's terrible. Because uh, <laughs> Bill uh, Engvall was somehow like the chief of staff or something like that. The comedian, the guy who says, 
here's your sign. <laughs> From the blue collar comedy people. Right. Yeah, he yes. uh, was uh, a chief of staff, I believe. Right. He's, uh, he was able to like uh, order the Secret Service to let uh, Finn through. To his own like ceremony, like he's being honored at. Like, why did he? Why did he have to like rush there and like not have the clothes? Was this like a surprise thing that they they didn't tell him about ahead of time? Oh, they're like, look, you do anything? Can you get over here in twenty minutes? We're uh, gonna give you this award. This is the only time we can do it. <laughs> well, or just in and of the fact that everyone seemed quite aware that a Sharknado was gonna hit DC. They did not expect this magnitude, but I mean, they were talking about the Sharknado right off the bat and how the weather was well, getting bad. I'm going to defend the movie here, I guess, and say that. Uh, well, you suspect, like, if you suspect that another yeah. Sharknado is going to happen, don't you suspend Mark, uh, the ceremony? Because, like you said, you have the Jack Bauer of sharks. Right, but Mark Cuban did give a soliloquy there about how he, every time there's a nor'easter, he thinks, is this the one? Is this going to be the big one that wipes us all out? <laughs> so, like, there's been storms, but, I mean, they, they... Kevin, I feel like you think that they... The Sharknado tracking technology is much uh, higher than it is. Um, because there's still a lot we don't know well, about Sharknados. why was he... <laughs> he was handed a report from the National Weather Service during the ceremony. Because he thought another one was coming. Right. So, I mean, there is ample evidence that they at least had some idea. The tra- it, It's been three years now. They better uh, up their uh, work on these Sharknados. I mean, they had had two of them. They've got to uh, up their game. Well, I mean, it's probably hard with all the interference inside a uh, major storm such as this to be able to, like, pick out individual sharks, I would think. But I don't know. Maybe they, maybe they should. Well, they just need to figure out how the that. weather pattern uh, works, not how many sharks are in there. I'm not asking them to be that precise. Well, I mean, but what's the difference? Like, a radar could see a storm, but you don't know if there's going to be sharks in there. I mean, you know it's possible that there might be sharks in there. Like, this is Mark Cuban's dilemma and what, what you know, keeps him awake at night, I would say, in this movie. <laughs> it's like, every storm could be... Is it a Sharknado? I mean, how much... Does he call out the National Guard, you know, and get them ready? Or, you know... Well, why would he go with the National Guard? I don't know. I guess, technically, the governor would have to request the National Guard as well, so... Right, yeah. I think he'd just go straight to the Army. All right. Uh... You win this one, Kevin. Yes, I do. Especially with that exclamation mark. Anyone keeping track is two to one, Kevin, so far. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is a we we have a lot of time, but I'll tell you what: for a two-hour and five-minute movie, they chewed up uh, the first twenty-four minutes here uh, within the first segment. So this uh, has been the uh, classic definition so far of limited interruption. Okay, just a couple more quick hits then before we uh, probably want to get going and, and uh, check out the rest of this fine offering here. But um, why were there swords on the wall in the White House basement? Is, uh, anyone have any thoughts on that one? Um, you know, I guess it's... Uh, this was like literally, the, the, we were told, the sword. most secure uh, area in the world. Uh, no, he said one of. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> Probably Dick Cheney's undisclosed location would um, be one of them. Yeah, I don't know why they'd have swords down there. Uh, but they weren't going to let Finn in, though. Uh, that that was more the more interesting part to me was the fact that somehow it's like a presidential like uh, panic room or something, right? It's like a right. secure secure area, and it's super underground. And somehow, uh, as soon as they opened up the door, uh, everything there's sharks was, everywhere inside. Yeah, they're, they're like flying out at at him. Like where are the, where are these sharks coming from? That, I, I mean, was really questioning that out loud at the time. I, I think that I saw a hole in the background for the ceiling so you could see where the sharks were dropping in. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't make any sense. Like, it would have to go through solid ground above it. Yes. To uh, to get in. Oh. 
And uh, the White House was not quite devastated enough at that point to well, uh, have said hole in it. Already. I would say so. I mean, though, though there, this was a fierce storm that apparently was bent on destroying the White House, which I'll get to in a minute. But <laughs> I, I just wanted to say that there, there was a um, bit of a uh, bad boys, uh, middle-aged white dude edition, I think, going on there with uh, oh, Mark Cuban and um, Ian Ziering. And, Ian Zeering or Ian Zeering? Yeah, they were like, I mean, that really it kind of was funny. But then it became funny because I was like, man, these guys are really into this. Like, then I started thinking, how much is Mark Cuban getting paid for this movie? Like, probably not very much. Like, I think he just is really uh, pumped about being in this. Well, I think a lot of people are pumped about being in this because the uh, star count was pretty big. Like. I watched part of uh, the first one, or the second one prior to this, and I had forgotten how many people they had in it. Right. Well, and this one, to me, already has that beat. Well, with and that's interesting to me, with being in Washington, they kind of are, you know, being a little bit political, I think, than some of the people they're having in this, like in terms of, well, the vice president and uh, president, and they also had Michelle Bachman on here. Uh, like oh. a real politician, <laughs> yes, uh, quote unquote. Um, <laughs> but uh, it they are mostly, I would say, conservative on the uh, conservative end of the spectrum. And um, th- in some ways, this could be like a cons- you might be able to see this as like re- they're they're kind of going for maybe a conservative audience. Uh, one thing that made me think that was that the. Uh, I- you really think? I, I mean, this is just complete ridiculousness. I don't know if this really serves anyone. Well, it, I would say it's not something that really like takes away anything from the movie for me. Um, I'm still enjoying it immensely. I just thought I, I just noticed that. Um, and then they also. Yeah, I mean, maybe they were just more willing to make a fool of themselves. Well, it could be. And good on them if they uh, are, because I mean, they realize that it's just. Uh, a weird phenomenon and they'll uh, go with it. Well, one thing that made me think that as well, beyond the, the character, the, the actors they had playing the different people in here was the, uh, the fact that the white house was, uh, I, I wrote here violated into oblivion by the Washington monument. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't uh, think much of the way they were destroying the uh, Washington <laughs> monument at first. I just thought that they were going to play like a giant game of Jenga with it when they started chipping away at the bottom. And I oh, just yeah. figured it, it would, would fall come, over. Right. Yeah, that it would just fall over. But no, they kind of cut it off uh, in the middle there and then had it impale the uh, the rotunda portion of the White House. Yeah, and basically it, it fell down so hard that it, it kind of left a little bit of a crater there and kind of uh, really... Fucked up the White House, I would say. <laughs> like that's that's doing some major structural damage there. <laughs> uh, yeah, they did just a little bit of damage. Um, so yeah, I don't know. We don't really have. Oh, Chris Jericho works at the amusement park. That seemed uh, pretty strange to me. Uh, uh, I again, I knew that he was going to be in it. I thought I saw him wearing some type of uh, you know uh, shirt. That would uh, indicate uh, working at uh, either, well, in this case, it was an amusement park. thought maybe DJ or something like that. Like, he looked like he had a uniform on in the picture. Well, no. He was working as a ride operator, which you normally see, like, you know, teenage kids doing that sort of thing in the summer, right? So it just seemed really weird that that would be a part for, uh, like, they maybe could have found a better part for him. I don't think they could because he cut a promo before... They launched him onto the ride that uh, Finn's daughter. Oh, because is that Finn's daughter? Or is that the 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 deceased? Uh, no, I think yeah. that's Finn's kid. I guess so. Yeah, because it was their kid when they were married first in the first movie, but she really wasn't in the second movie at all. And now she like there are a couple of people making a reappearance in this uh, in this movie actually because and really this was the big end part for me. Yeah. Um, oh, I just wanted to point out as well before okay. we get to that was the uh, uh, 
the shark the sharknado had morphed into a fognado or a, what what do they call it uh yeah they called it a fognado but you know what i just realized is that that's kind of like burying the lead a little bit because the other part of that equation that really makes them something is the sharks right um fog in a tornado i mean that does sound pretty bad but you throw the sharks in there and it gets a little worse right that's kind of what <laughs> that's kind of the uh Defining characteristic of the uh, weather phenomenon, I would say. <laughs> like, that's really the most important thing you want to be concerned with. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you should be concerned with nothing other than the sharks. Uh, although the fog part, it's dangerous. It well, he was it driving. It, it looked like he. I mean, he could have ran into people. It uh, makes it very hard to see the sharks. Yeah, for sure. I mean, even when they uh, saw the, because they did claim that this was the largest Sharknado yet. Yes. Uh, which did also since, seem to be uh, another uh, foreshadowing moment. Since the first movie. So. Right. Any Sharknadoes, you know, in prehistory, we don't know about. But. Um, yeah, because that. They were interesting to. It was really weird the way they uh, qualified it. That's, they were like, that's actually what happened <laughs> to uh, Noah. It, it wasn't a great <laughs> flood, it was a great Sharknado. The Bible got it completely wrong. Well, they were like, no one is going to believe this. All right, let's change it to a flood. That <laughs> <good>. <laughs> Man, we got to make this, you know, so people aren't going to just, you know, throw it away out of uh, thinking it's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, we can't have people nicking our ideas either. Yeah. So, we got to keep some of these things to ourselves. Uh, I also wanted to mention that when uh, Pin was driving through the uh, Fognado, but just the fog part, because I think that's kind of surrounds the the sharknado now it's got that fog around oh. it so that you can't exactly see where it is right which does make sense i mean that makes it a little more scary uh whether the fog would actually stay there in the presence of a tornado is a, probably another matter but um <laughs> uh he did reach oh a shark was coming through his window in his car at some point which yeah uh and then he basically said uh oh hold on and let me reach back and grab my gold-plated travel-sized shark chainsaw, uh, which he had received earlier in the day from the president as <laughs> his... Uh, I forget what the award was called. That was, uh, that was yeah, pretty ridiculous. Yeah, I, I, I honestly do not oh. remember. And then, after that, someone comes up, comes out of the fog to save uh, Finn. Right. Some, and, uh, yeah, and then... Casey to... Jones-looking individual, if you... Get that reference. <laughs> yes, Ken. Nobody that listens to this show is familiar with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I thought and not. You, you, you are not allowed to mention them, uh, just to be clear. Okay. Uh, that's cool. <laughs> I think we're good. Um, so it turns out it is someone who we didn't see in the last movie. It's Nova, the uh, waitress who kind of had a thing for Finn last time in the first movie, I should uh, say. Yes, yes, she did. But then she got a thing for his son at the end of the movie. Right, and then what happened? Did she just disappear? Uh, well, again, the daughter and the son were really not in the second movie at all. Yeah, I guess you're right. They, they did not come to New York City. Yeah, you're right, you're right. I don't know. Well, yeah, so we're seeing some uh, characters who are making a comeback, so... I thought it was pretty cool. I like the ninja like uh uh Nova there slicing up sharks with her katana. Um uh, well, and she starts off with the flip kick off the hood of their uh Winnebago, let's say. I mean, they were advertising everything else, so I'm sure it was a Winne Winnebago. Oh. <laughs> yeah. It, it, if it isn't a proper type of uh coach car, I will be disappointed. Yeah, so um, so far it is living up to uh, everything I would hope for, and uh, can't wait to uh, get into the rest of it here. Okay, Ken, uh, we uh, are uh, we watched a much smaller segment this time around. Yeah, apparently we went a little long last time. Uh, we did go, considering that it was twenty four minutes and we went nineteen. We went a little long. Okay. But there was a lot of setup, so uh, I, I think this is a little bit easier to buzz through. I thought it was interesting that we were welcomed back from commercials with uh, more commercials. They were uh, pimping some kind of cars, um, but then also they had some like in-story kind of advertising with this like 
uh, salute to Lou Frigno, who had, <laughs> his character had died in the first part of the movie, the Presidential Guard. Right. Like he was some kind of fallen hero. Uh, yeah. It was it's... a little weird. <laughs> <laughs> Lou Frigno should be uh, recognized at all times. Yeah, but then it turned out to be an ad for a wireless company. And then there was like uh, cars and beer ads. Anyway, yeah, uh, Nova had been uh, apparently slaying sharks across the country with uh, Frankie Muniz from uh, Malcolm in the Middle. Malcolm. Yeah, he... Obviously, more have happened than they're saying on the uh, media. It's just like uh, those it's, uh, it's damn like liberals a... to not report <laughs> everything that bad that's happening, Ken. I'm glad we're getting into this. This is what I wanted to be uh, talking about. <laughs> Uh, well, you're the one that started it, so <laughs> so they're downplaying the the problem with the Sharknados here. If she's been slaying them up and down the coast since California, uh, there's been more than just the three attacks then. Uh, yeah, for sure, because they did mention there was other uh, storms, but just none as big as uh, this one. Because uh, Finn asks if they're Winnebago, which they're calling the Beast, I think. Correct. Can survive a storm that's going to be as big as New York or L.A. Because <laughs> that's where we got to at this point. Uh, but apparently they also got some kind of lab or something in there as well because they're studying these sharks. Right. Uh, they're studying all the data and trying to figure out why all these things are happening. And they also have their own EMP gun, which we uh, forgot to mention at the oh. uh, top of the... Uh, Top of the show because Frankie Munez uh, at the end of that segment blew up the Sharknado, the pop up Sharknado mm. that had happened uh, when they were in the mountains there when they met up with Finn. Yes, that's that's during another, the Fognado. We should have uh, mentioned that. Right, we were uh, askance in not doing that. So sorry, uh, but we also learned some information about the sharks. They're apparently, uh, I don't know, evolving into a new kind of shark. Uh, uh, right, they are living up in the atmosphere. Yes. Because they have uh, ice in their system. They've decided to migrate into the sky uh, because science. They were able to uh, to show us that that's what happened. So, no questions there. Uh, makes total sense. Because why wouldn't a shark want to go out of the water and up into the sky? I mean, it just seems right. like the thing to do. The, na- the next logical step, really. Yeah. I mean, they can breathe air constantly. <laughs> yes. Um, Tara Reed has a robot arm with a retractable chainsaw. That was uh, pretty handy. Right. She is uh, already mad at her mother for not letting her save uh, the poor uh, lifeguard who got eaten by uh, a shark that uh, fell precisely down a water slide. Yeah, that and, was wonderful. Into the, uh, and into the pool. Yeah, that's just fun to think about. You know, a shark going down a water slide. I'm glad they put that in the movie. It's a nice <laughs> touch. Uh, and there's been a lot of pointless dialogue about baby names. Uh, and in general, Tara Reed's conversation with her mother. Then why are you talking about it when you know we need to save time? I just gotta say that that's something that I've noticed and it's really annoying me. But Yeah, there's a lot of inane <laughs> talk in these movies. <laughs> All right. Let's get to the next segment. So we watched the next segment here, Ken. And, uh, wow. Uh, I would say the highlight was the uh, dismantling of Frankie Munez. I uh, have got to admit, <laughs> I, I did not expect that this early in the movie. Yeah, that, um, I had a bad feeling. He uh, did not seem, I guess, as engaged, like having as much fun as the other characters, I guess it seemed like. <laughs> Maybe I was reading into that too much, but uh, it seemed like he was not going to be around for for long. <laughs> and uh, well, he definitely was not around for long. Uh, as uh, yeah, we're uh, an hour into this thing now, and uh, he's dead already. Yep, he uh, was not really in it from the beginning either, because he kind of showed up at the end of the long uh, first break or first segment. But um, right. Uh, he definitely went out with a lot of class, I would say, uh, managing to uh, hit the self-destruct switch, even after having um, his limbs removed, basically, one by one, by various uh, 
and sundry uh, flying sharks. I guess it could have been the same shark. I don't know. Uh, well, it could have been, but it would have needed to come back yeah. around. Well, I mean, that's certainly within the realm of this movie, I would say. Uh, yeah, especially since they've had uh, a couple of different shark uh, or uh, Sharknado blowing up moments now. Well, actually, I think they've had one in every segment. And there are, like, tens, if not hundreds, of sharks falling out of the sky every time the Sharknado is stopped. So, uh, if it we're just you... going with a hundred sharks, that's 300 sharks. Yeah, and it makes you wonder how many sharks are in this uh, world. Uh, because at the same time, there's what has been called, like, Al uh, Roker renamed the East Coast the Feast Coast. <laughs> because there's so many Sharknados everywhere. Um, so, yeah. that uh, I would say that this uh, this segment picked up a little bit from the last one. So, we'll see where they uh, where they take us here. <laughs> Yeah, there, there, there wasn't too much ridiculous aside from oh Nova knowing how to fly because uh, Finn's son taught her how to. So of course the army's just gonna let her uh, fly. Well, a, a, a supersonic upward. jet, yeah, yeah. Uh, which she said she learned because she thought the end of the world was coming, uh, which really doesn't make any sense because you need to <laughs> anyway. I'll let you guys work out why that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but uh, let's let's watch the next segment, Kevin. Hey, Ken. Okay, Ken. You're the one taking notes here. Uh, I am not. This uh, segment uh, did not do a whole lot, in my uh, humble opinion, other than uh, get Chris Jericho killed. Uh, yeah, Chris Jericho was killed. Um, I'm not sure what he was trying to accomplish. We really couldn't tell. It just seemed like he... Felt like his his time on Earth had come to an end, and he just wanted <laughs> yeah. to give up by getting uh, mauled by a shark. Right, he had gotten <laughs> everyone off the roller coaster like he wanted to do, exactly. including Robert Pattinson, which uh, cracked me up to no end. <laughs> um, but then he just stood in the front of the car and watched the shark slowly get closer and closer to him as it wound its way through. Uh, the loop de loop right. on well, this uh, ride that Finn's daughter was on earlier in the, sh- in the yeah they were were, were uh, pimping out the amusement park here uh, pretty hardcore. Um, but well, this... yeah, it's in Orlando. Obviously, uh, Disney was not on board with this movie. Uh, well, actually, they're owned by NBC, so no wonder they... it's Universal. Universal that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> and, you know, and the Matt Lauer, Maureen Menudos. Uh, yeah, the whole NBC. Uh, all, all those because, guys. Uh, that was uh, another uh, amusing part to me. Uh, Hoda and Kathy Lee are known uh, for being drinkers, and I do believe they were in the uh, New York one also, but they're ready to uh, attack uh, some sharks again with broken wine bottles. Yeah, and they were really not looking effective at at that, Uh, so I was worried about them. Hopefully they're going to be able to pull through the rest of the movie. I have a feeling they're not going to get killed. I don't know. What do you think, Kevin? Uh, I would not think so. Okay. a lot of people are dying. Uh, it seems like the news people oh, yeah. seem to have blanket coverage because Al Roker and Matt Lauer have uh, now been in two movies yes. without being eaten. And Matt yeah. Lauer even killed a shark last time. Exactly. I don't think it wasn't gonna... with the Trident, but he killed a shark. I don't think they're going to put any uh, NBC employees uh, out like that. Uh, well, they killed Maria Menudo's pretty quickly. Oh, that's true. That's true. She, she got eaten from the legs up. Uh, which also reminded me that uh, Jerry Springer showed up briefly. I mean, as quick as you could really be in a movie. Uh, I, I did think that it was somewhat <laughs> clever that they uh, had like a Jaws exhibit and uh, they had the hanging shark and it was actually one of the sharks that came down from the Sharknado. All right, yeah. And, and it bites off Jerry Springer. Because he was demanding, of course, during the middle of a Sharknado to uh, have someone take his picture. Uh, he, he was, he was yelling, take my picture, take my picture. Uh, meanwhile, sharks are flying down the sky. I, I guess he was just really, he probably spent like the last weeks, like just imagining in his mind, standing in front of the shark at the uh, Jaws exhibit and having his picture taken. Uh, he was probably driving there that morning. Just that was the only thought in his head. And he yeah. was so focused on this, you know, this moment of him standing there and getting this picture that he didn't even realize that there was actually a Sharknado happening all around him 
at the same time. <laughs> well, I will admit that the uh, uh, the Orlando Sharknado does seem to be a little bit more of an oncoming thing. Like earlier in the show, I argued that the Sharknado DC seemed to be known. Uh, this whole uh, occurrence of a bunch of them on the eastern seaboard uh, does seem to be a new phenomenon. So it it has caught uh, the people of Orlando unawares. The Feastern Seaboard, I believe. <laughs> yes, yes, the Feastern <laughs> Seaboard. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, let's uh, get back into the next segment here and see what's what's up. Okay, Ken. Uh, this segment uh, that we just watched brought us one very large uh, part of the plot. Uh, that uh, again, a star I knew was going to be in it. Did not know what capacity Mr. David Hasselhoff was going to play in this movie. But uh, we do find out that he is Finn's father. Yes. Um, which is pretty cool. I mean, you know, David Hasselhoff, I think, will always kind of have a place in my heart for the Knight Rider series. Uh, yes, else. most definitely. Uh, so, like, it's funny that he's in this movie. Um, because he, I think, has shown that he can kind of poke fun at himself and... Um, uh, we're, we're well, I feel thing. like he's been able to do that uh, yes. for a while at this point. Yeah, exactly. Um, and he's also a restaurant owner uh, slash astronaut? Yes, uh, and he used to own a bar. <laughs> oh, so yeah. was Finn implying that he was an alcoholic, I think? Maybe, and I guess that would be in keeping with his personal kind of life. Um, but... Uh, I guess so. It, it he was also a colonel in the military. Uh, now was he a colonel in the military and, or just at NASA? Well, I think that they do have military pilots that are astronauts usually. Um, so he could have been both. Okay. Um, I they I guess they did well. It, it was definitely one or both. Uh, I would say. Um, yeah, but Hard he to seems tell. to be more in retirement, right? And uh, yes, and he was talking with his fellow retired friends, Penn and Teller. Yes, and he can also, uh, even from retirement, uh, apparently order the launch of a top-secret military space shuttle with uh, a phone call. Which, uh, yes, a very quick phone call, nothing to verify that it's actually him, no codes. Right, he just got down to business and said that, what do you say, independence is going to have to fly. Yep. <laughs> so. Yeah, they, uh, they cut right to the chase with this one. Somehow, they're going to use a space shuttle to, uh, take out this, which, you know, I think that, uh, makes a lot of sense. They gotta go somewhere, right? Uh, yeah, they already posited the theory that the sharks were in the upper atmosphere. So, if you need to uh, get into the upper atmosphere, you need a space shuttle, kids. Well, you know, yeah, you want to be able to uh, rain down hell on these sharks. you got to get above them. And the only way it seems like they're going to do that is in a space shuttle. <laughs> so, we'll see what they have planned. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Ken, this thing does not get any less crazy as it moves along. Even uh, though they established the space uh, theme, uh, to see it start coming into formation is something to behold. Yeah, and uh, somehow Finn was allowed into uh, this NASA facility with a lot less uh, security than he was at any point else in this movie. So I guess they finally recognized who he is. Uh, got a little bit of respect. Although everyone was still pissed that he was uh, able to just walk in there. Oh. Yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> um, Hasselhoff is coming out of retirement, it looks like, to pilot this uh, space shuttle. Yeah, and everyone's worried because uh, he has never actually piloted a space shuttle. Oh, right, because he never got a chance to. That's right. Right. So this is his chance. Right, exactly. Uh, well, yeah, and a quote from him that I noted was, uh, they were saying that he was, wasn't qualified, but uh, his quote was, nobody has ever flown into a Sharknado. I'm as qualified as anyone. Which, uh, I guess, has a certain logic to it. 
Uh, it does have certain logic to it. I'm not sure that it's a good logic. But... I've never flown into a Sharknado, but I don't think that makes me uh, qualified, you know? <laughs> I am certainly not going to qualify myself to fly into a Sharknado. Yes. I, I have zero flying experience, so I'm, I, I, I would be pretty safe in saying I would not try to uh, make that up. Um, I'm not sure why Finn's not getting with Nova at this point. I don't really understand why he's... Well, I guess he is having a kid with uh, Tara Reid in this movie. Uh, it is kind of weird the way they've set up uh, that relationship. It seemed like they were moving on with uh, the son in her in the first movie, but now she just kind of... Uh, There's no on... son. The son's out of the picture for some reason. Yes. Yeah. Well, he's uh, serving uh, in Afghanistan or oh, something like that. Okay. They, they mentioned... When he was uh, talking to the general at the base uh, in a few of the segments ago, they did uh, write him out of the show. Gotcha. Um, I was trying to look up what that music was that they were playing when Finn was uh, making his slow motion walk towards the space shuttle. (laughs) But that was pretty hella cheesy, I think. (laughs) (laughs) It may have been Chris Jericho's uh, band, but I I would think he might realize that it sounds cheesy and that could have been... Uh, intentional perhaps but uh yeah that that was that was pretty epic epically cheesy uh so yeah let's see what 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 the rest of the movie has in store so ken with plenty of time to go here uh within a the range of an hour podcast uh we have just seen the uh really the climax of the movie uh we're here uh with nary four minutes to go or so uh, in this uh, show, if it ran over, we're in trouble. Needless to say, or needless to go or so, you said a lot of rhymes there, Kevin. You confused me. Um, <laughs> well, I'm glad my <laughs> uh, mad rapping skills uh, got you all confused. Yes, Ken. that it it worked well. Um, so I don't know. Uh, there's a lot going on here. It seems like the. Um, Space shuttle mission was kind of the uh, the big thing here. Uh, right. They initially end up failing with the uh, first bomb. It does not break up the uh, wall of uh, Sharknadoes. Well, I love this because they their plan, I guess, was to drop the fuel tank, the external fuel tank for the space shuttle, and, and yeah, have and that explode. Up. Yeah. No, it just seems like there probably could have been an easier way to do that. But uh, anyway. Um, they, oh, Finn actually says, and I wrote this one down, uh, the heat from the rocket should have a domino effect. <laughs> Doesn't sound like he's too sure of himself there. Oh. And I'm surprised that they went <laughs> went through with this uh, plan, basically, you know, costing however millions of dollars. All of the space <laughs> lingo in general was very, very bad. <laughs> yeah. Um... But then when that didn't work, it turned out that that was actually okay because there was a plan B, which involved a uh, Star Wars defense system that uh, uh, Hasselhoff had built uh, over the years. With a a friend who happened to still be working at NASA. (laughs) Yes. Who could help him uh, start the program up on the spaceship. Yeah, through another phone call. Somehow he called him from space. and um, Yeah, it was pretty impressive. Yeah. They ended up uh, oh, having a space laser that could uh, shoot down and just vaporize Sharknadoes. Uh, yes, and if they could do that from space, I'm not quite sure why you just wouldn't do that from land and save the whole space part of it. Like, what kind of a... Yeah, like, Dick is David Hasselhoff in this world where he has the power to basically call up and say, Hey, shoot the space laser, kill these Sharknadoes. But he just doesn't do it. Like... He wants to go into space so bad, he concocts this crazy plan where they're supposed to, oh yeah, the the external fuel tank will, will cause a domino effect <laughs> and, um, you know, knock out all of the Sharknadoes. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he was really behind the, the Sharknadoes in the first place. This could have all been a ruse to get him to be able to fly this uh, secret uh, space shuttle 
you know? Well, you know, it's kind of funny that you bring that point up because uh, we didn't really touch on that much because earlier in the show, they uh, some radio announcers or maybe some people on air had questioned whether these Sharknadoes actually follow Finn. Oh, interesting. And really, uh, I, I thought that that was going to end up proving true. Well, I thought that, but, obviously, after the second movie, but um, it's interesting to hear in-universe... Uh, I missed that, that they were, they oh, were bring, okay. bringing that up there. Yeah, but I've got to say, like, if it ends up forming on the whole eastern seaboard, I'm not quite sure why he's uh, in, in trouble for that. Well... Because he did get to Washington, D.C. at the last minute, uh, as witness to his, uh, you know, her, harried uh, cab ride and subsequent running into the uh, White House. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just got, well, it started in Orlando before he got there because it already, the shark had dropped on, uh, what's her name? Tara Reed. <laughs> yes. Um, and, and I, I honestly don't remember her name in this movie. No, me neither. Um, they, uh, let's see here. Oh. <laughs> well, we should, we we should mention that that was not the end of the sharks because uh, oh. they took the ne- the sharks have again taken the next logical step and um, figured out how to adapt to the vacuum of space, <laughs> <laughs> right? And still be functioning uh, creatures, uh... and somehow with no wind propelling themselves <laughs> upwards. Uh, it's truly bizarre. <laughs> yes, they were defying the laws of physics and biology and every other known science uh, known to mankind at this uh, current juncture. Although they did, I think, effectively explain it by, um, or at least excuse it by um, Finn. Again, again, the logic of this movie is hard to argue with. Uh, <laughs> he, they, somebody says, how can they survive in space? And Finn just said, oh, I think it was Tyreed said that. And uh, Finn responds by saying, how could they survive in a tornado? <laughs> Which, when you put it that way, hey, all right, this this makes sense now. I'm on board. Right. And uh, um... <laughs> my question, though, was why couldn't the shark survive reentry? Because that seemed to really um, do him in. And I don't understand why, you know. Well, yeah, we have paused uh, within the last four minutes of the movie, and we definitely see a uh, burn-up shark. Mm. Uh, it's a lovely still frame at the moment. Yeah, it it is kind of amusing. I hope they made that on Face Off on XFX, the uh, the very actually fun show to watch about uh, makeup artistry in the uh, Hollywood industry. Oh, okay, yeah, it's a, it's a and it's on sci-fi. Chart. So, uh, but, uh, yeah, it's kind of cool looking and I kind of knew it, but yeah, they had to get to outer space and you do actually have to get through all of that heat to get to outer space. So really it should have burnt up just going into outer space. Like it's not just a one way thing. Maybe they were going up slowly enough that they didn't, um, they yeah. didn't burn themselves. They didn't burn themselves up with the friction. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, yeah. I'll I'll let that slide. But uh, <laughs> well, then you just explain. it wonders how they could get up there without the wind, though. That's kind of the the tricky part. <laughs> uh, oh, they were shot out of a cannon. I think we skipped over uh, Finn having a laser chainsaw in uh, in while he was in well, space. Well, no, because we also did not mention that Tara Reed was eat, eaten by a shark. Yes. Uh, because, and I, in some ways, I guess I'd forgotten that Nova was the one eaten by a shark in the first movie. Correct. Uh, and Finn jumps into that shark's mouth and, uh, chainsaws it open. Yes. And it appears that he was going to try to do a similar thing here, uh, in space this time. Right. Because, uh, yeah, I would have thought it would have been a lot easier for him to... Well, being in outer space does complicate things. Well, no, but he had a lightsaber chainsaw <laughs> that Nova gave him. Right. I mean, <laughs> I-, I wish that it would have gotten more use, to be completely honest with you. 
Like, if you're going to bust out something like that, you've really got to use it for more than, like, two or three sharks in, like, a one-minute scene. Now, did he throw that away, or do you think he still has it with him? No, I agree with you that he had it with him. His intention of going into the shark's mouth was to find Tara Reed and then cut their way out. <laughs> it was not a suicide attempt. He, he was uh, <clears throat> trying to get Tara Reed and, and rescue her. Right. So, I mean, it does follow the logic of, again, earlier films where he has jumped into the maw of, uh, of the shark. Yeah, except this time he couldn't find her. So I don't know if she was like in a side passage somewhere. Uh, uh, not that familiar with the shark anatomy, so... Uh, no, and we will uh, be finding out momentarily if she was in there with him. So, uh, yeah, let's go ahead and hit pause here and watch the last uh, couple of minutes. Sounds good. Uh, Ken, these last four minutes <laughs> of this movie were uh, jam-packed. I, I would say. Um, yeah, I still feel a little shaken. Um, I'm not 100% sure that I'm really prepared emotionally to do this segment, but uh, <laughs> I think we're going to have to do it the best we can. Yeah, you are going to have to make it through. Um, <laughs> I know that uh, we haven't gone to Twitter yet for uh, April Lives or April Dies. Uh, we were just saying in the segment before this that we had no idea what her name was. Right. So uh, now we know. Hopefully we know now, yes. Uh, but really, before that happened, the the uh, fin comes out of the mouth of the shark. And uh, he does have some great judgment as far as where sharks are going to drop. <laughs> yeah. And he, he artfully well, dodges out of the way of a falling shark. You know, it's interesting because I did have a kind of a, a feeling like he he pulled himself out of the shark. like Almost like he was being reborn from this shark, if you will. Um, metaphor. Uh so then uh, he does manage to dodge another shark that falls down and then apparently recognizes the shark that his uh, dear wife April was in. Uh, well, which was the same shark that he just drug himself out oh, of. Oh, it was the same one? Okay. Right. Uh, which was kind of funny in and of itself. Like, why he didn't just stay uh, near that shark was a little bit of a mystery. So he is looking at the shark and the, sh the sh there's a uh activity within i guess you could say like the, there's a chainsaw that cuts an opening uh right and, and uh a vertical opening up and down in the shark and uh <laughs> it's just like oh here comes april but no no uh, much to my surprise uh april has given birth while inside of the shark uh, now, I've got to uh, say that, A, we uh, forgot to mention that it was ridiculous that she was being shot into space while pregnant. Uh, yeah, that seems like they might have a rule against it. I'm not sure. but uh, Well, yeah, they were in a dire situation, but I, I, I would imagine that the child would die at that juncture. <laughs> so... uh, or even upon reentry. Uh, maybe the fetus gets a little too hot in there. The bun in the oven really gets a little bit of ovening at that point. You know, I think I've heard that eating spicy foods is supposed to uh, maybe bring on uh, labor. So maybe it's a similar effect here with the, uh, <laughs> the heat inside of the uh, the shark as it's re-entering the Earth's atmosphere. And uh, getting, I guess, charbroiled char on the outside. It's, um, well, pretty burnt, I would say. But, uh, yes, but still structur structurally sound. So maybe that's part of my answer. Like they they did survive pretty well for sharks. Like, uh, yes. So that speaks to their toughness, I think. <laughs> but um, yeah, they were uh, the sharks were um, you know, just getting uh sliced up there at the end. It didn't. Uh... Oh right, and uh, yeah, April gives uh, Finn his uh, new son. Oh, because she passes the the baby out. Through before, the hole. Before the hole. Like, we were watching the birth of a child through a shark's uh, uh, 
artificial yeah. vagina? I mean, I guess. No, <laughs> no, it was just a hole in the shark. The terror, uh, the April cut. Look, you got to look at this. Like it wasn't. Well, they were trying to make symbolism out of it, but it was the side. It did not come out of the shark's vagina. Well, it basically it might as well have. No, I, I'm sure a shark's <laughs> vagina is not out the side of its body near its fin. But it was such a close-up that you couldn't even tell. It didn't matter. Like It's probably under the bottom of the body, Ken. First of all, they could lay eggs for all I know. Do sharks even have vaginas? <laughs> we need somebody well, to... Well, you're the one that brought this up, <laughs> so... Well, it was basically a lot like that. And they did give you that vibe. Y- yeah. I will not disagree with that. They uh, made it feel like it was a vagina, and then... <laughs> Shortly thereafter, uh, April steps out of the shark, and uh, somehow, even though she had just given birth, she still has pants on, right. uh, which well, is a, an amazing feat in and of itself. Sure. She got her pants on and off. Or uh, it was some type of a immaculate uh, conception uh, virgin birth situation. Well, I, that's I, conception. That This would be immaculate uh, birth. Yeah. Like, it just kind of, the baby just popped out and <laughs> everything went back to normal. <laughs> yeah. No pain, no uh, painkillers needed. Yeah. No so, midwife. I think that would basically sets up Sharknado 4 to be the rise of the uh, shark slaying messiah. Um <laughs> So I'm just calling that uh, plot right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, history and, will prove me right or wrong, but uh, you know, I'm staking my claim here. Well, and uh, they did say that there is going to be a Sharknado four, uh, which is when we get to determine whether April lives or dies. Uh, evidently, so uh, yeah, we uh, are. Uh, well, no, we're not completely wrapped up with the show. Because uh, this was a long uh, podcast in real real length time. Uh, we went uh, with Fathead's Sunshine Daydream, which was the Session IPA. And uh, I don't know about you, Ken, but it had the right amount of fruitiness, just enough bitterness. Uh, I really liked this. It was a nice summer beer, uh, you know, to have a couple of them during a two hour uh, plus movie. I agree. Uh, it did seem to make us a little gassy. I mean, just as a side note. Uh, but, yes, uh, I did belch a lot during yeah. the show. <laughs> but um, other than that, I can't complain about... Uh, and then really, that's not that big a deal. You're going to get gassy from beer, I think. But uh, In general. Yes. It just seems a little more uh, gaseous than normal. Yeah. But, but uh, I do believe they're uh, one of the breweries up towards the uh, Cleveland area of the world. So I'm still going to give it a thumbs up. Right. Middleburg Heights, Ohio. So, yeah. I mean, that's it for uh, Sharknado 3. Uh, It's been a fun one. At DeFrango11, at Gozer33, at Stunt Granny. Everyone have a uh, a shark dream tonight. Yeah. Have a shark dream. Have a great week, too. (laughs) 